Welcome to Food Friday Leftovers. A podcast about all the goodies left over from Food Friday. I'm Dave Hopper. And I'm Ashley Kinsey. Tune in each week as we cover culinary topics such as food trucks, local food, pizza, veggies, beer, and wine. You hungry yet? Huh, I'm always hungry. Well, on that note, Ashley, tell us what's in the fridge this week. Actually, I'm looking in the freezer and I found ice cream. Mmm. Today we're speaking with Deanna Fox and we're going to talk about some summer desserts. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. And you brought leftovers with you. Yes. I did. <laughs> yes. Leftover strawberry shortcake. Very nice. Yeah. We love when our guests actually bring leftovers to us after Food Friday. <laughs> yes. And as we were just talking about before we started recording, I think we need a Food Friday leftover bib. If you think it would be cool for us to have Food Friday leftover bibs. I could use one right now. <laughs> you could just email us web at wamc.org and let me know what you think. I am looking at this delicious strawberry shortcake with molten. Yes. <laughs> what do we say? Molten. Molten ice cream. Ice cream. <laughs> yes. Our ice cream has, has melted a little bit since we started the uh, the Food Friday taping. But it's still delicious in every way. Just not. It's, it's now in liquid state. It's no longer in solid state. It's just a matter of physics. <laughs> well, the good you got thing a little about science that. going on. Food Friday leftovers. <laughs> exactly. And. It absorbs into the, the shortcake part. Yes, that's why you gotta have to have a like a tougher shortcake, a little bit of a more dense crumb on your shortcake, so it can sop up all the juices from the berries and the the liquid and the dairy from the ice cream. And there's a little dollop of creme fraiche on top too, just to give it a little tang. So, yes, I love creme fraiche. <laughs> Me too. Um, but. I wanted to ask you a question about these kinds of desserts usually can pack on the calories, right? Mm -hmm. And summer is a time when everybody wants to have their summer body and they want to be, you know, as healthy as they can right. be. I don't know what it is. It's something <laughs> about the sun that makes people want to eat healthy. Yeah, I don't the get it. Fewer clothing, less clothing. Fewer yes. clothing, yes. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's what Can't it is. hide under the layers. <laughs> but how do we make desserts lighter or mm -hmm. even mix up the traditional recipe mm -hmm. with some ingredients that'll make it seem a little bit more, uh, I don't know. There's a lot of things that you can do. So the, the shortcake, the biscuit part, there isn't much that you can adapt there. It's a very basic recipe. You can't really change out different sugars and flours. A gluten-free flour isn't going to give you quite the same consistency, the same texture. But you can make a crumble topping and substitute out your, if you want something doughy and bready and chewy for texture, remove the shortcake, uh, actual cake, the biscuit, and do something that's oats mixed with a little honey, maybe a little dried fruit maybe, or some nuts, some toasted almonds, some toasted walnuts, and maybe just a little bit of brown sugar just to help it kind of clump together and a little bit of butter and not much, you know, a tablespoon here and a tablespoon there. Bake that at... 400 just till it gets nice and crumbly on just a, a baking sheet and then pull it out of the oven and crumble it up with your hands and then you could add that almost like a granola onto the top of your dessert instead of using ice cream you could use a really nice frozen yogurt which there's some frozen yogurts where they're so good they're almost indistinguishable from actual ice cream and the berries if you want to stay away from using white sugar just add a little bit of honey and make sure you get really fresh berries get them at the peak of season if you want to get them when they're really fresh and then freeze them that we always have that high sugar content. Um, if you buy berries that are out of season, you end up adding more sugar just because they're not very ripe. They're not very oh, juicy. Okay. Um, so let the berry do the work for you. So when yeah. is the perfect time to get berries? Well, it varies season to season. We're now kind of at the end of strawberry season. So 
you know, 4th of July usually marks the end of strawberries and the beginning of blueberry. So soon we'll be coming into blueberry season. Um, and then, you know, quickly after that, you'll have raspberries and blackberries. And then we'll start getting local stone fruit. So we'll have peaches and nectarines coming in. Uh, there is a farm in Grafton, New York, called Soul Fire Farm that is doing cold hardy kiwi. Huh. And I saw that and I was like, what? what? <laughs> kiwi? In How is that York. possible? <laughs> um, so, you know, so that'll be coming up. And then, I know we had a uh, good winter, but I don't know if we've gone that far yet. I don't think we've gone that far. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and then you'll have again in the fall, you'll have your fall. Some fall strawberries will start to reappear and fall raspberries will be there. And then you go into, you know, your orchard fruits like uh, apples and pears and quince. So it kind of, you know, you follow the seasons. And then if you can freeze your fruit or preserve them somehow, you can eat them all year long, which is pretty great. What are stone fruits? I've never heard that before. Yeah, stone fruit is anything with a big pit in the middle. Oh, okay. So a nectarine, a plum, a peach. A pluot. A pluot. I'm learning so many new fruits here today. (laughs) (laughs) Stone fruit is great because it's very fleshy. It's very meaty. And so it's really great. It stands up to heat. It works great on a grill. So if you just cut them, Mm -hmm. um, you kind of cut around, almost like if you were doing an avocado, how you cut around an avocado pit. Um, and just pop that pit out and then grill them. And it just changes. It chars it. It changes the flavor, which is yeah. pretty nice. I remember in the cast iron cooking episode mm-hmm. that we recorded, um, you mentioned the how you when you char food, you're creating carbon, carbon. and that affects the flavor. And it's so true. And then also you mentioned berries, which we yeah. talked about on our episode last week. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to that one, be sure to check that one out as well. But I'm excited for raspberries personally. Yeah. yeah. Another thing, just speaking really quickly on charred fruit, I love to char lemon. So I'll cut a lemon in half and char it on my grill and add that just over like fish or add it into a cocktail, like a burnt lemon is fantastic. It just totally changed. It makes my little heart a flutter. It's so <laughs> wonderful. Um, I'll have to try that. But even, you know, I'll do that with lime mm-hmm. over fresh raspberries. Forget it. <laughs> so good. So good. And so just how, a little bit of honey. How do you grill them? Do you have a pan? No. Nope. Just, you just right throw on them the right grill. on there? Okay. I, when I grill, I keep a little bowl of olive oil next to it. And I have a silicone pastry brush. And I use that. That's heat resistant. And I'll just kind of slick up, I'll oil up my grill grates so that things don't stick to them as much. And uh, when the carbon forms on your fruit or on your meat, it actually creates its own release system. So it'll actually, you know, if, if you're really pulling hard on your piece of meat or on your fruit to get it off, give it another minute. It's not ready to come off. And then if you come back to it, you'll find it. But just, you know, with a little bit of olive oil, it'll be fine. Or I should vegetable oil. Yeah. clean my grill. Yeah, one of these days. Step one. Yeah. (laughs) Step one: clean grill. Step two: do not dump entire bowl of olive oil into grill. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah, gently brush brush with your with your pastry brush. Heat resistant pastry brush, of course. Absolutely. It will come up on its own. You don't need to pull it off. Yeah, you'll always have a little bit of resistance, but if you're really having to pull, it's not ready. Give it another minute and come back to it, and it'll it'll release off. Yeah, that's funny. I'm not done yet. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a pretty good marker, though. I yeah. mean, I learned that the hard way trying to cook burgers or something mm, on the grill. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like sawing away and it's <laughs> broken apart. That happened yeah. to me when I first started grilling when I was a teenager. This is a great tip to know for people who are maybe new at grilling or maybe they just got a brand new grill. Mm-hmm. What do you prefer? Do you prefer charcoal or propane? I have both. 
when I'm just trying to cook something at home, like during the week, I use propane just because it's easy. It still mm -hmm. gives a nice flavor. Um, but, you know, if there's certain things about doing ribs and I have all day to play with it, I'll do charcoal. You know, and it's just a, it's really a, a matter of your personal preference. If I'm out like camping or if I'm out in the public park, you know, they have charcoal grills mm -hmm. that you can use and they're relatively shallow. So they do create heat pretty quickly. So it doesn't take that long to do up like burgers and dogs and that kind of thing. Throw some wood chips under there. Uh huh. Yeah. Perfect. Propane is really versatile and you can do a lot of things really quickly on there. Yeah. For after work cooking, it's just. Yep. I think propane is just easier. Easier. Use I just want to eat. Yes, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I do. It's easy. You just go back, fill it up at the store, get another one. There you go. Back grilling for, you don't have to worry about getting it repeatedly. Yeah. And it's just me and my wife right now. So it yeah. lasts us a long, I only get one a year. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's great. Works great. Yeah. Too much, too much hassle. <laughs> don't let Ray hear that. <laughs> well, you mentioned a grilled lemon or a grilled lime in a cocktail and it made yeah. me think hmm i wonder what desserts we can make that would be no bake yeah and have a base that has to do with i don't know wine <laughs> yes i well i mean sangria is kind of dessert in itself yeah. so you can make a big pitcher of sangria and you can snack on that all day but you can make a like a wine granita which is really good so you would mix I would do it with red wine. You could do white wine, but I would really like red wine. And you could mash that up with some raspberries or some darker berry fruit and a little bit of water. Basically, what you're doing is you're making like a, like a slurry. And you're going to put it in a 13 by 9 baking pan that pretty much everybody has. And you put it in your freezer and give it an hour or 90 minutes. And then come back to it and take two forks and run it through that. And you create almost like a snow cone consistency. Mm. Put it in the freezer for another hour and scrape it up again until you get this really like grainy consistency. And then you just serve it in a bowl, maybe a little bit of honey on top or a garnish of mint or basil. You could put it in a wine glass, a dish, whatever you wanted to do and serve it that way. And it's just really light and refreshing and it's snow bake. And it's great when it's, you know, July and it's 90 degrees out. It's so refreshing and boozy. Which is, <laughs> and if you put and. it in the pretty little glass, yes. you look extra classy you when do. you have company and you're yes. having, you know, what Some is kind this? Of dinner yeah. party. Yes. Talk about dinner parties too and yes. another Food Friday Leftovers episode. These yeah. are just my shameless plugs. <laughs> this is going to be called the shameless plug episode yeah. of Food Friday Leftovers. Hey, if you have material, go with it, right? Yeah. And yeah. a lot of the topics will probably present themselves again, mm -hmm. like the issue with the carbon and the grilled mm -hmm. lemons. And I think people should listen yeah. to all of them because each one gives us tips and tricks mm -hmm. and recipes. I mean, mm -hmm. just talking with you in a few minutes, I have a couple different ideas for some desserts that are easy enough for me to do. Right. And I can't bake. So <laughs> I'm glad that you suggested these easy things. Yeah. Another really easy one is like a mousse. Mm -hmm. um, so if you want, we talked on uh, Food Friday about doing a chocolate mousse. But if you want to do something lighter, like a lemon mousse, you could burnish, you know, char your lemons it's a fancy term to burnish your lemons. Oh. You have to burnish them. Um, you know, let them cool and juice them. And before you cut them or grill them, zest the outside. So you're getting some nice zest that you can kind of hold. Now, are you charring the entire lemon just or the, just, just the, the half? The, that's the cut? flesh part. No, so not the outside. Okay. Yeah. Peel, just the flesh part. And once that has a nice kind of crispy layer to it, you're good. But anyway, add like two cups of heavy cream into the bowl of a stand mixer or that you would, you know, mix with electric beater and maybe like a half a cup of white sugar and make a whipped cream. 
and add like a cup of mascarpone cheese to that. Or you could even use cream cheese if you wanted to, but mascarpone is really awesome. Um, you find it in the specialty cheese section of pretty much any grocery store. It's like a sweet Italian cream cheese almost, a little bit smoother, um, looser consistency. But anyway, so you whip that together and then you add in your lemon juice from your burnished lemons and your lemon zest. And you just kind of whip that all together until it's nice and fluffy. And you can serve it immediately or you can let it chill for a couple of hours. If you want to have people over that night, you can make it in the late morning. And it's so refreshing and good. And if you just put some blueberries or strawberries or raspberries on top, it's just, it's so good. And it's just light. It makes you feel good about eating it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially in the summer, you don't want too much heavy things. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, you're already, oh God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're putting together a cookbook, I heard you say, yeah. on Food Friday. Yeah. How do you narrow down? All, I mean, you're just sitting here spouting, you know, yeah. you can give us a recipe for just about anything. Yeah. How do you I, start narrowing this down? Yeah. Um, you have to really focus in, for me at least. I have colleagues and friends who have written cookbooks, and they're incredible. And they're always left with things left over or places they want to take the next book. Um, so I think one book feeds the next book. But for me, I've been teaching for so long. I'm not, I'm not a professionally trained chef. I'm self-taught. And a lot of what I've learned has come from going out as a journalist into the field and spending time with people who cook, whether that's a farmer who is cooking for his family with what he's grown on his farm or, you know, an old Italian Nona or a, a Polish woman and going in behind her with a measuring cup because <laughs> her measuring cup will be a teacup that she brought over from Poland. Um, it's just like one cup. And I have to go back behind her with an actual measuring cup. <laughs> to get her recipe for, you know, piragi or something. Or, you know, going into a restaurant with a chef and, you know, shadowing them and watching what they do and picking up these tips along the way that I can, in my career, break down into user-friendly language, you know, no chef ease, <laughs> um, you know, and, and make it applicable so it's something that people can use at home. But for me, it's more about the technique behind it than the actual recipe because recipes are adaptable, recipes fluctuate, recipes change, but the technique behind them um, is really what's important. So if you know how to make a biscuit, you could adapt this biscuit recipe that I use for strawberry shortcake, and you could add sugar and make it a you know a shortcake. Or you could add cheddar cheese and dill and make it a savory biscuit. Or you could add, it's limitless, you could add bacon and, and Swiss cheese in there if you wanted to. So once you understand the the concept and the technique behind it, it's much easier to just kind of make your own recipes. Um, so that's my approach to writing this book is to just kind of break it down into the things, like the 50 essential techniques that you need to know in order to be a really good home cook. You know, the difference between using table salt and kosher salt, why you use cold butter instead of room temperature butter when you're baking, things like that. It's not really like a sort of like, this is my Italian cooking book. This right. is my, it's just sort of like a technique and you can use it. This is the foundation gotcha. so that when you go on and you read a Lydia Bastianich Italian cookbook <laughs> or a, um, a Julia Child French book, you understand why they're doing what they're doing and not just mimicking and parroting because you're not really cooking at that point. You're just kind of, you know, right. you're a robot. You're parroting back whatever was just told to you. Yeah. yeah There's I a think... lot of problems with the food industry, the, the global food complex. I think a lot of it just starts with people knowing how to make their own food. I think that's really great that you're sharing the techniques because mm -hmm. it's always also going to help people to be more creative when yes. they cook. Because if I know how to fry an egg... Mm -hmm. Or scramble an egg, for example, I could adjust it and make whatever I want. I know another thing that, I know it's not really a summer dessert. I don't know why I just said <laughs> eggs. 
<laughs> you were mentioning the, the biscuits and adapting those, but even the granita recipe yeah. that you just shared, if somebody doesn't want alcohol, they want to be able to right. serve it to their children, maybe they could use those berries and juice yeah. them right. and to create that liquid or, you know, and then add some fresh berries on top to create some texture. Absolutely. Or maybe some of those grilled lemon, you know, yeah. squeeze some of that juice in there and make a nice sort of snow cone slushy thing. So having those techniques is really important. And I think it'll lend itself to more creative chefs, whether they're self-taught or mm-hmm. Or not. Right. Um, just having those basic techniques and being able to adapt them to their own specific tastes. Absolutely. And I say that a lot. People just get intimidated by the cooking or the baking process and feel like they're going to mess it up if they, you mm-hmm. know, want to use blueberry instead of raspberry or something. And it's just, you know, when you know the basic premise of what you're doing, the options are really limitless. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. And people just have confidence. <laughs> yeah. You know, it gives them yeah. confidence. That is a big step. Yeah. I know my grandmother had, uh, her family is from Naples, Italy. Mm -hmm. And so we have the tomato sauce recipe, Mm -hmm. which is like a day-long process. And I'm wondering, because we had the recipe and everyone that makes it tries to follow the recipe, of course. I'm wondering if she actually followed the recipe or if she actually just kind of went off in her own way (laughs) some while and we're just trying to make it without actually experimenting. She probably had an Italian teacup. Yes. That could be very true. one cup measure and she was... (laughs) Throwing it together by taste and yeah. what mood she was in. and Yeah, I could see that. But speaking of summer and desserts and fruits, this isn't so much a dessert, but tomatoes, you know, are technically a fruit. Yes. And you have all these wonderful tomatoes that come up in the summer, like late July, August, into September. You know, New York is, and the Northeast is rife with just so many beautiful tomatoes. And... You don't want to cook them because it's hot, you know? <laughs> so a really great tip is just to cut up your tomatoes, just chop them up. You could even pulse them in a food processor if you wanted to and add um, like a good teaspoon, at least a few really good pinches of kosher salt and some olive oil and let that sit for 30 minutes. And they almost create like their own confit. They almost like cook themselves down a little bit and create this like huh. tomatoey watery you get the water from the tomatoes but the flesh of the tomato breaks down too and you can just kind of mash it up with a spoon um, add in some oregano or basil some more salt and pepper however you want to season it and serve that over meat or cook up some pasta really quick and serve that and it's just a fantastic summer tomato sauce that sounds yummy yeah and it's you know basically no cook you might cook the meat or the pasta right but that's it if you were doing sausage and peppers would that work really well it would it wouldn't maybe instead of peppers put the tomato on them yeah, I mean, you can still grill your peppers if you wanted to. Yeah. It wouldn't be quite the same consistency, that really rich, thick tomato sauce. It would be a summer version of that, but it would be really delicious. Now I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or take that if you have some crusty bread, once you have that tomato in there. If you have some crusty bread that's starting to go stale, break it up into cubes, toss it in that, throw in some olives if you have them, and you have panzanella, which is a tomato bread salad, which is also no cook. Could you adapt that? with instead of savory ingredients sweeter ingredients or use fruit or honey or something like that to create yes um, like a dessert version so there's actually something called like a pudding but it's not really pudding it's taking a white bread so you could use wonder bread you could use like a good pullman loaf from your local bakery and you macerate berries which is the same concept as we talked about with the tomatoes just now except instead of salt you're using sugar and you're mixing the sugar and the berries together and the sugar is going to break down the cells of the berries and they're going to create like their own syrup. You take a bowl or glass and you take cubes of that white bread and you put it in and then you do a dollop of those berries. 
and they do like a dollop of creme fraiche or sour cream or whipped cream or mascarpone or, you know, whatever kind of cream, Devon cream, whatever you want to use. And then you just keep layering it like a trifle. And the juice from the berries will soak into that bread and just becomes a soft, luscious, delightful texture in your mouth. And just put them in the fridge and they'll set up. And again, that's no cook and um, something really great for kids to make during the summer. Yeah, like you a no-bake bread pudding. That's perfect. It is. It's like a, it's exactly, it's a no-bake bread pudding. That's what it is. Yeah. Cool. I love how passionate about all the stuff you are. <laughs> <laughs> you could only see her face while she's talking about this stuff. And you talk with your hands. A wild hand movements everywhere. <laughs> but I have Microphones those, everywhere. Like this underneath. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us oh, again, Oh, my Deanna. pleasure. Thank you so much. That was Deanna Fox. She is a food and agriculture writer and a Food Friday regular. You can find her at Fox on Food on Facebook. This has been Food Friday Leftovers. I'm Ashley Kinsey. And I'm Dave Hopper. Be sure to check out Vox Pop Food Friday every Friday at 2 p.m. on WAMC Northeast Public Radio. Our producer is Jessica Blaustein Marshall. Our theme is Beach Disco by Dougie Wood. Food Friday Leftovers is a production of WAMC Northeast Public Radio. And tune in next week to see what else we find in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs>